basically just PC focused. I can't be playing The Witcher Three again. <laughs> Gonna finish it up this time. Okay. I'm finishing the Blood and Wine, then I'll finish the main story quest and be done. You know, that's um, <laughs> that's something my uh, nephew has uh, dedicated himself to. It's like I am going to finish The Witcher Three. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm almost there. Like all I have left is uh, once I do Blood and Wine, is go do like the the final fight. Of the main storyline. Okay. And wrap that up and I'll, I'll be done. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I guess we'll just get into it. So, hello and welcome once again to the LO Gaming Podcast. My name is James. And as usual, I am joined by one of my good buddies, Andrew. Welcome back. That's good to be back. Yeah. You doing okay? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. All right. So, we were just talking about The Witcher and how you're, uh, Pretty much trying to work through that. Is that all you've been playing lately? Um, pretty much. Uh, I took I, I took a little break. I just kind of I've been gaming so much. I just took about a month off and oh, okay, you know, getting back into it. <laughs> okay, so you're still uh, enjoying that PC of yours then? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just loving it. Eventually, I'll probably have to get more of the new consoles, but for right now, I'm just sticking with just PC games. Well, you know, right now, it's um, it's just really an interesting time, in my opinion, just because of the fact that we have the new consoles, and we have the new PC hardware in the GPUs, and we're also getting new processors probably later this year as well, if not early next year from AMD, and... You know, this is like the one time that I can remember in recent years where we've had new hardware on all platforms, yeah. starting at brand new generation across the board. So, I mean, it's like, I, I can't remember the last time that ever happened. I can't either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, and really... People are very, very, uh, what's the word that I'm thinking of? They're very game hungry right now because when you look at the market right now and what happened to all that new hardware, the pre-orders and everything from the console stuff and also, you know, the, the PC hardware stuff, all of that, all of that hardware getting uh, just sold out like a matter of seconds. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's just that just it, it's a real interesting um, gauge of how much more gaming has just increased in the general public. Yeah, I mean, so uh, but yeah, I guess you saw everything that happened with the PS5 and the Xbox <laughs> Series X and stuff like that. That was the. That was that was quite entertaining to watch all that unfold. There's a lot of upset people over some of that. Yeah, so you didn't even try to pre-order a console no, or no, anything. No, like. I'm just not, I'm not, not even just fight. for fun, just to yeah. see if you couldn't get one. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, hindsight could have grabbed one and sold it for double price. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Even before you even had the product. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't look up. Uh, um, I, I didn't look up the third-party uh, aftermarket sellers who were selling pre-orders for consoles. I, I didn't look at them. 
Uh, there was there was a few I saw where they're going about double price. Yeah, like pe- people people want to pay double what was already charging yeah. just to get that pre order. So are they? That's, s- that's a little insane to me. Yeah, I, I don't know how well they're selling. I, mean, I don't know if they're selling those pre orders or not. Uh, maybe the the people that went ahead and bought the pre orders. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the people who like are listing those pre orders on eBay. And selling their pre-orders before oh. they even have product. Yeah, yeah, they're selling those for about double price, about twelve hundred. Okay, like 12 so people are actually yeah, people are people actually are actually double. purchasing those. Yes. Wow. Like <laughs> paying double for a pre-order. And so. there's a, there's even that chance that those people could all of a sudden have their can their their pre-orders just canceled right from uh, from under them. Yeah, because basically, I mean, you're just buying access to the pre-order code that yeah they give you. So. Yeah. Wow, I I just don't understand. I personally don't see where the desperation comes from, where you feel like you need to do that. Especially since most of the games people are excited about aren't going to be there at launch. Mm-hmm. Like you're looking at twenty one or twenty two before those come out. Yeah, maybe even twenty three. Yeah, so it's like I'm, I'm in no rush. I mean, I think I think my plan that I'm going to stick with is I'll probably end up trying to pick up a PS4. And just go back and play through games I've never gotten to play yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's a really good point. Because if you haven't been on a platform and you missed out on a lot of previous generation games, then, I mean, you got a lot of, uh, a lot to work through. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's, I mean, there's probably like 20 major titles I've never touched. Right. So it's like, that's, that's yeah, a on lot the PlayStation, of gaming. On the PlayStation side. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, um, I think when it comes to these new consoles and just the general audience that are looking for it, like I, I got a pre-order on the PS5. I had to buy a bundle, <laughs> but it, I'm I'm fairly certain that um it's not going to get canceled on me or I hope not but but I did I was able to get a pre-order and I was able to uh you know uh, secure just secure it for the future yeah so we'll see like, what happens keep mentioning the cancel like I've not heard of any orders being canceled is not that something yet. that's happening or? not yet but what's happening is that you people are getting emails not really canceling their consoles and this is for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X or S that people are getting emails from retailers saying you might not get this console at launch. Okay, so basically, the same we can't guarantee we're gonna have the numbers for what we sold mm, without saying so much. I thought there should be a penalty on companies for that. The, ah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That's you like know. if you if you sell five thousand units, but you're only going to get two thousand on launch day, you shouldn't be allowed to sell five thousand. And under under the under the circumstances of people thinking they're going to get it right which i guess that letter covers them on that but that's, that's still some shady right yeah and and with as exciting as well with as excited as everybody is about new hardware whether it be pc or playstation it, or xbox i mean really it's just very in this time in this year it's very difficult for anybody to nail down how much stock everybody is going to get. Yeah. Right. So you could say, even though Sony has come out and said they're making 10 million consoles 
And of course, there were all the rumors about them cutting back by four million. But and then PlayStation saying, no, that's not true. But which I, I tend to believe PlayStation more than uh, more than the other information. But yeah, even even if they're promising that 10 million at launch, that's still a, a lot of consoles out there for them to be all of a sudden were sold out. And how many of those consoles get held back for just regular retail? Yeah. Is the big question. You know? They're probably a good bit, especially looking at when you have like seven billion people on the planet. Ten million is not a lot. No, no. It's not <laughs> it's not a lot. And really the um uh the PlayStation release being staggered between the twelfth and the nineteenth between North America and um and Europe and other territories. Um It'll be it'll be interesting how those two launches go. Where the Xbox they're launching worldwide on the tenth uh, of November, just period. So, yeah. Uh, but then you have the PC side of things, where we had those new GPUs by Nvidia, which they 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 kind of surprised a lot of people, not just by their performance, but by their cost. So, thirty seventies they were advertising to be uh, four ninety nine. 3080s at 699 and then they had that insane 3090 for like 1500 yeah 1600 <laughs> yeah i mean <clears throat> even the 3090 at that price it's kind of shocking you know but they also did a tiered release where they released the 3080 first and then they released the 3090 and now they're they were going to release the 37 3070 but now the 37 has 3070 has been delayed <laughs> into I don't know when. Uh, and many people believe, and this is probably true, that they did it because of AMD making their big uh, GPU announcements um, later this month. Okay. So, yeah. It, it's, it's an interesting time to be a gamer, no matter where you are. But we do a lot of... We do a lot of... Well, we've had a lot of conversations about console stuff... Um, on, on this podcast, just mainly because that's just the big news that has been happening, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, whenever you get a new uh, console generation, it's always the thing that everybody talks about. Even if you're a PC guy, you're you're kind of curious of how close is this gonna get, uh, get to PC or whatever. Is it gonna leap? Is it gonna get really close? And the thing about this generation, and this is just me. And I'm going to see if you kind of uh, feel the same way with this generation. I think this is the closest that consoles have come to being more PC like. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they, um, they, they almost had it, but then, uh, NVIDIA was like, nope. <laughs> well, I think anybody who actually watched, watched, you know, the paid attention to just the gaming culture and industry and the coming technologies, we kind of felt like, yeah, okay, they're, they're coming up to where PCs are, but the PCs were ready to take a leap as well. Yeah. So it's kind of going back to what you made earlier with all three kind of coming up once. The nice mm -hmm. thing is like for this next generation, it's basically all the gamers are getting sort of to just move forward into like this new growth area together at the same time. Yeah. So if this on all aspects of PC and consoles, so it's, just, it's new ground we're going into. Yeah, and but even with the jump in technology on the PC side to leap ahead of the consoles, it doesn't feel as much of a big as big as a leap 
as it has in the past. You know, I mean, well, yeah, because I, I mean, yeah, it is. Um, the cons the consoles are finding better ways to integrate sort of like PC technology mm. into the consoles to right. make them perform better. So it, in a way, I mean, in the future, I can see them kind of merging together and kind of becoming the same thing. Yeah, we're we're kind of eventually. Yeah, that's going to happen. There's going to be yeah. that singularity that happens between devices. So, I mean, at least like on Microsoft side with the Xbox, like eventually, like that's just going to become like a gaming PC. Well, the the Xbox is pretty much by its architecture. It, it's basically uh, it's basically a desktop. That doesn't run Windows. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you put Windows on that machine, it would probably run just fine as a Windows machine, you know. But that's one thing I want to focus on for this episode, because we've been all about consoles uh, pretty much since since the episode one. Talked a little bit about PC, but I wanted to make this the dedicated PC episode just because of the fact that right now I think. There, there's really no better time to jump from console to PC than now. Yeah. And really, and it's because of the things that we just talked about, is because of how closely more related PCs and consoles are becoming. And making that jump feels more natural and more effortless than what it has uh, in the past. So really, I just want to... I just really want to talk about just the two cultures, how they've differed in the past and just how they're becoming more intertwined to start with. So really let's just start with just how the two, the two kind of gaming cultures were in the past. In the past, it was very much straight down the line PC. You have console over here and the PC over there, you know, they both played games and they both often didn't play, play the same games, but there was very, they were very different games. So like PCs, you had more of the 3D first person shooter stuff. And on console, you had your Mario's, your Sonic's and more of what I would say more of the mainstream market uh, type of games that people tend to go for. Um, so when when did you really become aware of PC gaming? Uh, ever since I was a kid, I guess, since we got our first computer trying to remember some of the what was one of the first games I played. <laughs> I think a lot of the ones you started on are so just some of those educational games from way back in the day. Right, yeah. Like so I still remember some of the first ones that I remember like actually going out and purchasing were the games like, you know, Age of Empires. Uh, I remember the first Call of Duty came out, um, like Medal of Honor, which at that time, Medal of Honor was actually better than Call of Duty. Right. We, well, we at this. that time, it was made by the Call of Duty <laughs> guys because they worked for EA. Oh, that's true. <clears throat> so it's, I got started out with one of those. And uh, back when, um, uh, I think it was Sierra Games, mm. I played. Big publisher back in the day. Yeah, I played a lot of them, and they just kind of just disappeared one day. Yeah. Yeah, because there was a, eventually a uh, a crash in the PC games industry where you yeah. had a lot of publishers, a lot of uh, different companies kind of um, uh, disappear just because the marketability of playing games on PC just drained away and it all went to console. Yeah, that's when the consoles like the, the Xbox first came out. 
It seems when uh, consoles started becoming more 3D capable, like the PlayStation, like the first PlayStation, and um, and like the Sega Saturn, that's when we started to see the decline uh, in PC gaming, uh, as far as most games, like first-person shooters and different um, <clears throat> hardware-intensive uh, games. Uh, started migrating more to the PlayStation and the 32-bit systems like the Saturn, the Dreamcast, and all those others. So, and plus, when you consider the cost of PC gaming back then, and just how not very easy it was yeah. <laughs> to put together a machine and to you, you know have the right hardware to run games, because. PC hardware back in the day, it, it was a mainly productivity hardware. You know, why would you need a 3D graphics card in your everyday desktop unless you're making, you know, rendering 3D objects for work like CAD or something like that? You know, back then, all that technology wasn't meant for games. It was meant for workflow purposes. Yeah. And game developers were just going, hey, I could use this. And do this and that with it, you know, and but back then, you know, PC, PC hardware, just it, the gaming PC hardware was still, even though it might have been advertised as a gaming thing, it was still very much a workflow device. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one of the first 3D games I think I remember, I don't know, but, but I think were the ones that could just kind of like, well, that's cool, was Mist. Mm. Yeah, Mist had uh, 3D rendering in it, but and it was very interesting because, you know, there were just backdrops. You know how in uh, Resident Evil, <laughs> the very first Resident Evil on PlayStation, how, you know, he had these 3D backdrops, but they were clearly just flat <laughs> <laughs> paintings uh, that made up the room, uh, and then you had some 3D, but... It was sort of like that. And you had a lot of adventure games that were much like that, that had short animated pieces that happened when you're switching screens or when you uh, solve a puzzle or something like that. I remember seeing that for the first time and just thinking, oh, wow, what what is that even called? <laughs> you know? uh, do, you, do you remember back in the day when Taco Bell, uh, I think I was going to give you floppy disk with little games on them. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, now you're really going back. Um, and then you just like just mentioning floppy disk, you know? As I say, I wonder how many people, the younger generation, would know what a floppy disk is now. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you showed them a picture of it, you know, could they de- identify a floppy disk from a zip disk to a, <laughs> to a fire wire connector? <laughs> I don't, I don't know how true it is because I saw it on Facebook, but I saw somebody made a comment on something where a, a kid saw a floppy disk and asked them why they 3D printed the save button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, just the just the different technologies that we had to, to jump through. And, you know, it's like when CD uh, compact disc started being anything, that's when things really started to take off. Um because you can store so much, so much data on them, and 
Um, and I used oh. to have so many big CDs I made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there was that, the burnable technology. And yeah, piracy took on a whole new, <laughs> a, a whole new, uh, new level right there. But going back to PCs as gaming devices, um, the thing between console and PC is I, I gamed on both for a good long while. And I would play games like Half-Life, Quake, uh, the Doom games, uh, Wolfenstein. You know, those were the games that I would play on the PC. And, you know, then I would switch back over to console, whether it be my Super Nintendo or my PlayStation, and I'd play games like Tekken or, you know, Goldeneye, games like that. And I remember being on both sides, there were just specific games that you just could not play on console, like real-time strategy games. You know, like your Command and Conquers, your Age of Empires, um, your Warcrafts back in the day when they were real-time strategy games and not MMOs. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, and that's pretty much what really separated the PC gamer from the console gamer is just simply the type of games you played and what you wanted to play. Yeah. You know, I mean... I remember I remember when Half-Life came out. And up up to that point I've been playing, you know, uh, you know, like uh LucasArts adventure games, like uh okay. the Indiana Jones games and the uh um what was it? Uh, yeah, the Curse of Monkey Island games. Those yep. are my favorites. I, have, I think I have the special edition of those on Steam. Yeah. And you really wouldn't get those on consoles either. You wouldn't get those kind of narrative focus kind of games. Um, What's uh, one of the tentacles? Oh, Dave, the tentacle. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, that, that was a good one. Uh, Full throttle was another one that I really liked. Uh, Grim Fandango. People talk about Grim Fandango a lot. And that was, that was the first time I played an adventure game that was in 3d. Yeah. And that was really cool. <laughs> I love those because I love, I love the the problem solving aspects of those mm-hmm. and trying to figure out clues. And right? Yeah, you just find parts. You just didn't really get games like that <clears throat> over on console side of things. I mean, sometimes they would port them, but they would be awful because <laughs> it's like you really needed that mouse and keyboard to really navigate the world. But we jump forward more and. Pretty much like like I said, when the PlayStation 2 came out, the Xbox 360, uh, even the Xbox, the original Xbox, things started to migrate over more to console. I mean, I've mentioned this before, but Halo was originally supposed to be a Mac game, right, on Macintosh computers. Oh, wow. And then Microsoft saw it, and they said, hey, we want that on our system. And they just took it away from my <laughs> Macintosh and they put it on the Xbox. So is, that why, is that why Mac just scorns all gamers now? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's just very fascinating because more and more as the hardware got more capable and the more audience was on console, of course, the games are going to migrate. But... Thinking about it, I probably could have figured this out more if I did more research, but thinking about it just off the top of my head, PC gaming didn't really have its renaissance until, um, I wouldn't say it had its genuine renaissance until we started seeing um, World of Warcraft 
come back around. That's when more and more people just started, hey, what's this World of Warcraft graph game going about? And millions and millions of people started gaming on PCs again. again. And then you had the mod communities popping up, you know, and there, and there always have been, uh, there always has been a gaming audience, but not a large one yeah. because back when valve before they did steam, they still did a lot of, a lot of games. Uh, they were very much a dedicated PC developer. They would make, <clears throat> you know, like, uh, the left for dead series. They did, uh, they did counter-strike. They did Team Fortress. <laughs> you know, they took those mods and made it their own, brought those guys into their fold. So they and, get a Gary's mod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they were very mod friendly. So if you had those people who are very tech savvy enough to know how to implement a mod into those old Windows systems, <laughs> Windows 95, <laughs> Windows 98, all those really archaic Windows OSs. I mean, they were having a blast, but everybody on console, they were perfectly fine too. And the divide started, you know, really, really getting wider and almost toxic to the point where you had the PC master race moniker pop up. And then you had the console, uh, side of things or raising their fists and everybody's just kind of straight down the line. Nobody ever crossed that line. You were either on console or you're on PC. Very few people actually dabbled in both, but and even even myself, I, I played a lot on PC. I wanted to stay on PC, but the cost of the hobby at that time was just way too prohibitive to keep on gaming on on PC. And there were games on PC I really would have spent that money for, like Half-Life 2. Half-Life 2, for the longest time, was, uh, was just stuck on PC. But then you come, comes the PlayStation 3, and it's like, ooh... Half-Life is on a console now. Half-Life 2 is on console now. And it's coming out in the orange box. And all of a sudden it comes with Portal. The first Portal game. And and also the Team Fortress 2. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was just like, why should I go back to PC? So I think around that time uh, when the PlayStation 3 came around, it was pretty much, I guess I'm just on console now. You know, because all the games I want to play are just on console. They're not over on the PC side of things. So, I don't know what what your experience with PC during that generation was, but you were probably more a console guy. Then <laughs> yeah, too, right? during that time, I was on the console side of things. Yeah, because um, that's that's I, a lot of a lot of it at that point was the online ability. Because I mm-hmm. played, you know, a lot of like Halo Three, uh, right. Call of Duty. So it's like that's when the, they kicked off the modern warfare franchise of it, right? <clears throat> so that's that's where I spent most of my time. I still did some PC, like um, like I actually just repurchased it again. But I still like going back and playing like Age of Empires, and like the real time strategy. Um, and I was just trying to look up because I couldn't remember it. But there's the um, that Mech game, Mech Warrior, the, the one that came out where you had to buy like the whole console for it to play on your PC with the controls. And- oh, uh. <clears throat> was that game that wasn't a mech warrior game although they did make uh controllers and stuff that were you could build out a whole cockpit yeah for for that game but i know the one you're talking about it was also on xbox uh, i think it was like iron something can't i can't remember 
But yeah, I remember that big old controller. How much did that thing cost? I don't know. But when, when you're talking about just like the, the PC Master Race, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. People thought they were they had like those huge setups. So they basically built cockpits to play a PC yeah. game. Yeah, like um, people who played uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator series oh, yeah. all that time, uh, or just any simulator series, whether it be cars, airplanes, helicopters. Um, I've not seen too many tractors for the farm simulator yet, though. Oh, oh. <laughs> if you look it up, there are controllers. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they do make them. <laughs> so if you wanted to something that uh, kind of mimicked uh, the control panel on a combine or something like that, they make it. <laughs> but yeah. And I think that's the thing where when you had games all of a sudden coming out from like you mentioned call of duty that started on PC yep. and all of a sudden it moved to console and now what used to be considered uh, a major PC title, like, yeah, PC master race, call of duty. Yeah. You can't play this on console. Uh, and then all of a sudden it moves to console and it's getting on console first. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> And now Call of Duty is just considered a console game. Yeah. It's like people was like, you play Call of Duty on PC? Why? <laughs> you know? Sort of. I know like with um, Warzone, uh, that's that's more PC based. Mm-hmm. So there's, they're, they're sort of, I think they've kind of reached a point, at least in the gaming community, where sort of like there's a lot of, they're both now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like over the years, they've been slowly coming back together. And I think that, that there are a few reasons why that is. I think one reason is that games are starting to show up on both both ends as hard PC hardware is being made specifically with games in mind. Yeah. You know, somewhere along the on the long uh, along the line, NVIDIA started making gaming focused GPUs because they found out, hey, the people who are buying these things, they're not corporate offices and all those other um, things that these cards are good for. They're mostly people who play games and they decided let's start making GPUs for those people, you know, that's specialized for them because this gaming market thing might, might turn into something big. And in doing so, they became a very dominant force yeah. in the, in the game, in the GPU game right now, where it's like, they're it's pretty much just them and one other company. And at that time it was ATI technologies which they were definitely uh they were bought by amd um was it was it a buyout or was it a merger i can't remember but the but i know amd pretty much consumed ati and uh, made them their graphics technology division uh, with that going back to like some of the first first person shooters when they're sort of they were sort of both they had some on console but they were still mostly on pc right it's just because, like, some of it is like for online gaming. It's like you know some of the like the original Battlefronts. Right. Like, it, the PC could handle a hundred players at once. Like, sixteen was max on the console. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was just. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was the the biggerness of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then they've slowly they they have caught up to each other now. Yeah, they kind of come to the point where the differences aren't yeah. big enough to where it warrants that much of a line in the sand. But then the other thing that I think that has brought the hobby closer together is 
just streaming culture in general. Yes. Because most, most people, they stream on PC or they have to use a PC to stream from their consoles. Right. And I know a lot of the big streamers, they do, you know, it's like they, they play on all of them, but they have Xboxes, PlayStation, right. PCs. <clears throat> they, you know, just, they stream what their fans want to see. Right. Exactly. So, and really it's like, they're, they're, many of them are like me where they don't care where the platform is. Yeah. They don't view one better as the other. They just like, this is where the game is. You know, I mean, if I want to play God of War, I got to have a PlayStation. If I want to play Halo, I got to be on a Windows system, you know, whether that be Xbox or PC now. And then then so basically with things kind of melding together for anybody out there who, you know, it's like they're wondering about the PC side or anything else. I really want to ask the questions of is PC gaming right for you? If you're a console guy. Wanting to go into PC. Is that really a logical jump for you? And exactly the pros and cons of that. So really, I want to start with just with that simple question. Is PC gaming right for you? I'd say if you're a console guy, who just really likes, you know, getting his games, you know, being able to just buy his box, play his games. And as simple as that. I'd say PC gaming's probably not exactly going to be um, the jump you need to be making, yeah. right? Well, I mean, I'd say yes and no. Cause, I mean, you could basically, because you, you can go out and buy, <clears throat> like, you, um, you can buy pre-built computers. Mm-hmm. So you you can basically send as a console, just pull it out, set it up. Um, I mean, I think most people nowadays have at least one friend that knows how to work on or set up computers. Or at least assemble one, at least. Yeah, or assemble one. Um, so I, th- I think it's it's not so much like a niche thing like it used to be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot more just common on people know how to work PCs. Yeah. Yeah, and many more people. Many more people are uh, tech savvy enough to be able to follow an instructional video or printed instructions mm-hmm. for that. And, I mean, I guess one, one take that would be, which I guess from if you go back a couple of years, having to use a mouse and keyboard that does require a lot of muscle memory. Yeah, because you're having to, you know, hit a Re- lot of well, keys without being able yourself. to look. Yeah, yeah. but um, nowadays you can just use a controller for mm-hmm. most of those games. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you can actually use a console, just just like a just like a, well, not a console. <laughs> you can use a PC like a console now. Yeah, I mean, you can even get PCs and console form factors. You know, if if you really want that. But uh, so really, if you're the type of person who really like for me a long time ago <laughs> i avoided jumping back into the pc game just because of the fact that i was one of those guys who had to have the latest technology the fastest thing and just just the best of everything in, in his pc not because i needed it but because i really wanted it and it stroked my ego <laughs> you know it was one of those things so really i compare PC guys to car guys a lot in a way. I can see that. <laughs> you know, where 
you have the guys who are just like console gamers. They just want to buy the stock car because they just want to get a, get someplace reliably, no hassle, and they just want it to work. And then you have the PC guys. They're like the tuners. <laughs> they don't want to just buy a stock car. They want to buy the chassis. They want to buy the engine. They want to buy every little thing that goes into it. Or they want to buy something that they can tear apart and rebuild. They want to build up a classic muscle car. Exactly. Not yeah. because they really need that much horsepower or that or that much speed. They just got to have it. You know? Yeah. So I think that's the thing about PC gaming that you can easily fall into if you're new to it. You know, is fall into that uh, tuner culture, I guess we'll call it, <clears throat> of the uh, PC side of things. Where it's like, do you need to uh, update your graphics card every other year or every time they bring out a new, brand new something or other? No. But. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, <laughs> like, unless your source of income, like for some major streamers, who rely on those. Right. Like there's really like, I, I understand it for them. It's like, yeah, if there's a new graphics card, you need it because that ups your performance abilities, right. which is how you make money. So, but it's like, just, yeah. But for the average guy who just wants to play games. Yeah. It's like, like, uh, I mean the one I bought, that's, that's still going to get me several years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have the, all like, for instance, when the, uh, 30 eighties got released, you had all those guys who just bought, 2080 TIs for 1200 $1,300. Bucks. And when they brought out the, the 3070 and the 3080 and they showed that the 3070 is faster than a 2080 Ti at half the price, I mean, all of a sudden, a 2080 Ti to those guys, it's like they think, oh, this thing's junk. I got to get one of those new cards. But in reality, that card is still very, very fast. And it's still very, very good, <laughs> you know. So I wouldn't mind having one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I've, I've if somebody were to just drop one in my lap right now, it's like here I'm not using it anymore. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> you know. Which, hey, maybe some people start doing that with all these new ones coming out. Well, this is the thing: when they renounce the new cards, all of a sudden 2080 Ti prices just plummeted. <laughs> so it's like right now you can get a secondhand, lightly used 2080 Ti. Uh, for five hundred to seven hundred dollars. Oh, wow! Yeah, they dropped dramatically because right now, I mean, it's like if you're looking for a used GPU, and it's like you look on on eBay or something, you're still getting a pretty good top of the line card that's still probably got four to five years of life in it before you need to upgrade, and. You just got it at, at a bargain bin price yeah, for that price. card. So, <clears throat> so that's the thing about, um, since we're on that and that point of just things, I think that's one thing that, uh, is a little bit of a negative when it comes to getting into PC gaming is just the price of entry. Yes. Uh, the price of entry on a, on the PC side is you can build a budget PC, um, and this would be just budget. I wouldn't even call it entry level. But you can build a system that can just get you by for anywhere from $300 to $500. Now, to buy, build something entry level, 
you you have to spend at least eight hundred to twelve hundred dollars. Yep. So because when you're when I'm talking about budget, I'm talking about you buying a lot of used or really just parts that are not outdated, but on the verge of just not being supported anymore. Order your PC off wish. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, and that's not a bad route to go. Like I said, you can get some really good GPUs right now for some really good prices, which they still have a couple of years on them. Uh, the one thing that you really can't flub on really where you need to spend the money is on uh, your processor, mm-hmm. you know, because say you get a 2060 Super uh, by NVIDIA uh, secondhand for a good price. And, and then you get something like a a Pentium <laughs> Intel Pentium chip or something. You're you're do, you're basically not doing justice to your GPU yeah. because that processor is just not going to be able to feed that GPU enough processing power to really let that GPU fly. So, but fortunately, there's a lot of really good uh, budget focused processors that you can use that you don't even need a GPU to run them. So, but they're basically just consoles. (laughs) You're basically building a console that runs windows. But of course they're not going to be as powerful, but still going to get you by. But in order to get a pretty good entry level, uh, PC, you're going to have to spend upwards of 800 to $1,200. How much did you pay for yours? After taxes and everything, I think it came out to around a thousand. A thousand? Yeah. Okay. It was between it was between a hundred and a thousand. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like right now, uh, I priced out um, uh, kind of like a what I would consider for me uh, the kind of entry level system that I would want to build, and um, uh, I saved some money in places. Uh, like RAM, for instance, right now you can't really recommend less than uh, 16 gigabytes because yeah. it used to be eight gigabytes is a good uh, bottom line. It you can still get by with eight gigabytes, but you preferably you want to have 16 gigabytes in your system. Uh, <clears throat> wasn't the wasn't the minimum requirement for the new Halo game? Wasn't that going to be 32 gigs? No, no. <laughs> or was it 16? No, I think the minimum requirement was around the 8 gig byte. Um, uh, but this, here's the thing about that game. Nobody knows the genuine PC specs on that game yet. So that hasn't even been released. Um, I, haven't, I haven't even heard the 32 gigabyte thing. So I don't know. I don't know. That could have been a new rumor that's floating around that I missed. But... <clears throat> Yeah, I kitted out a PC with an AMD processor, 3700X, and that was just over $200. Uh, got a... Uh, oh, yeah, this is one thing I found very interesting. When I was piecing out my uh, the entry-level PC, I found that uh, SSDs and RAM prices are actually very, very reasonable right now. Yeah, and I heard that uh, RAM prices were going to be going down because of uh, supply was uh, outpacing demand. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And when I looked up, uh, it's like to get 16 gigs uh, this time last year uh, of DDDR4, 
it was, I think it was close to $200. And now you can get like 16 gigs, two sticks, uh, at eight gigabytes a piece. And it was, uh, it was like $130. So I was like, wow, Ram's cheap. So if you want to get Ram, now's the time to get Ram. So jump back to the Halo thing. Oh, okay. Um, the minimum requirement is eight gigs, but it is recommended that you have at least 16. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. But, um, yeah, most, most games now minimum is eight gigabytes and 16 gigabytes is recommended. But, um, yeah, but like I said, Ram is so cheap right now. Get 16 gigs. Yeah. I want to add, I have 16 now. I need to add another 16. Yeah. And, um, and that was for a kit that was 32 megahertz. So 3200 megahertz, not 32 megahertz. That's really slow. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the, um, and then it's like power supply. Uh, power supplies were a little bit more expensive than what they have been, but you know that's just uh, COVID right there. Yeah, uh, that was a difficult thing for me when I was getting when I was building mine. Is mm-hmm. <coughs> just everything was just sold out. I'd yeah, be like oh cool, I found out. I'll, I'll go buy this later. I'll go back to go buy it and right gone exactly. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, just things were just so so much in short supply, yeah, uh, PC parts. But now things are supply is getting back uh, in in stock, and really the it, it's just the time to build a system. If you want to build a system now, it's pretty good. If you want to use older parts, but if you want to get newer parts, then you're probably going to want to wait until later this year to really part out. A PC, and the reason for that is because of the fact that AMD they're getting ready to <clears throat> uh, next week they're going to be unveiling their new processors. So they're what they're dubbing the five thousand series processors. So right now the current line of processors they're in the three thousand series. So you have the thirty six hundred, thirty seven hundred, thirty nine hundred. Uh, those are going to be replaced with you know the fifty seven hundred, fifty eight hundred, fifty nine hundred. You know, and currently these aren't official, but the leaks that are coming out about how good that the new chips are, they said they're going to be beating Intel um, in all gaming applications, which is something that they haven't been able to do um, in years. <laughs> so not only are you going to be getting the uh, the overall productivity of their chipsets, which they're already well known for, you're going to be able to get really good gaming um, production out of the new CPUs. So you definitely want to wait to buy a, buy a CPU. If you're going to buy a PC and you want a really nice CPU in it, you're going to want to wait until those new CPUs come out. And yeah. if you can get your hands on one too, yeah. because I, I'm, I'm certain that those are going to fly off the shelves. And, and the, the thing with the, the PC gaming is uh once once all these are released, it'll probably be a while, probably several years, in fact, before there's really new ones coming out again. Uh, so it's just, just like one of those things that's worth saving up for. Like buy it when you can, because a lot of these, a lot of these games we're looking forward to. You know, there's they're they're probably another one, two, three years down the road. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, if, if you plan ahead of time, save up money, buy parts slowly. Between now and then, it's like you you can build a pretty good high have have a pretty good uh, PC built by then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And really, the good thing about new hardware coming out is that the previous generation hardware gets marked down tremendously. Yep. 
that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're 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 going to be in pretty good position to make some pretty good upgrades. Yeah, at very low prices. It's like cause I I don't need the newest top tier stuff. I don't play enough games to really warrant that. It's like, you know, I don't stream or do anything. Right. So it's like, yeah, if I can upgrade to the next level chip or new CPU, it's like, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. But like I said, the cost of interest entry on PC, you're going to have to be very dedicated, uh, to paying higher prices mm-hmm. to play your games, uh, hardware wise. And I think that's the biggest, um, hurdle that you have to get over. Um, is just how expensive the hobby is to game on PC. Now, once you make that initial investment, it gets much cheaper. Yeah. So, and your options become much wider. So, I mean, and that's one thing about, uh, that I think is a positive for PC gaming is just how many options you have for the games you get to play. Cause there are still a lot of games on PC that just do not get, get on console mm-hmm. either because it does, wouldn't be a good console game. Or because it's just, well, it's just too much. <laughs> well, know? One of the bigger points that I really enjoy from it is, uh, you know, because I play a lot of games I could play on the console, but go back to talk about like The Witcher 3, right. which I had that on console before, but uh, playing on PC, it takes seconds to load up. On load times, yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't have load times, really. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I was playing an Assassin's Creed game. I can't remember which one, but my nephew was playing it on PC. And I remember poking my head in and seeing him. I just wanted to see what the PC version looked like because I heard it looked really nice. And Is it Origins or Odyssey? I think it might have been... I think it might have been Black Flag or Unity. I can't remember which one. Going back a little ways. Okay. Yeah, going back a little ways. But I remember poking my head in and seeing him in the loading screen. And, you know, on console 360, PS3 at the time, um, or even PS4, I think it was. But, um, you know, you'd go into those loading screens. You'd have your character walking around the just the blank oh, ether. <laughs> I remember All those. you old school Assassin's <laughs> Creed players probably remember this. You just, you just they don't run, do this anymore. You just run in a direction. Yeah, you just like ran in a direction, jumped, <laughs> or you did what I did. I just run in circles. <laughs> I remember those, yes. Yeah, but anyway... Uh, it's like I saw him go into that. It's like, oh, we're going to be here for a while. He was only there for like two seconds. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, <laughs> Assassin's Creed on PC loads a lot faster than consoles. Like, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and that was before SSDs in PC were common. So he was still running off of a 7,200 7, RPM um, hard drive. So, but yeah, uh, but that gap is closing uh, with a, with a, consoles um where consoles are now uh faster than pcs currently but i'd say by this time next year pcs will have caught up uh because already uh, i'm hearing that uh xbox's velocity engine that they use in the xbox series x that's what makes their data transfer so fast they're already building that into the next windows os which i mean as far as names go velocity engine's pretty pretty cool (laughs) yeah yeah Maybe a little bit on the news. I don't know, but <laughs> they could have named it the Hyper Engine or whatever. I don't know, but that probably is already taken. Really, it's kind of surprising Velocity Engine hasn't already been taken now that you think about it. It's like, why didn't anybody else think about this? But <laughs> but yeah, I expect um, uh, by this time next year, 
it's going to cost a lot, but I, I imagine that uh, uh, data transfer on games is going to be much faster uh, on PC. Um, like, but like I said, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg because it'll be first generation stuff. Yeah. Um, because already PCIe Gen Four is it's brand spanking new, and AMD motherboards are the only ones that actually support it. Um, so it's going on a limb. If you wanted to buy all new top of line, it'd probably run you. I want to say probably close to four grand now. Pretty much. Uh, well, when I when I kind of made what I would consider a top end PC, um, it, I, I could do it with a you know gauging you know uh, the kind of motherboard I'm using or how much RAM or uh, how much hard drive space and what kind of, uh, storage I'm using. I could, I could make adjustments there to come up or down a couple hundred dollars, but basically the baseline for high end kind of starts around the 2000 to 2200 mark. Yeah. And, uh, that's considering what GPU you get or if you can even get a GPU. So, <laughs> <laughs> but again, um, Pretty much anywhere from that to infinity. But yeah, that. But yeah, you showing me that picture right there of a man, uh, you know, you just show, showed me uh, a meme of an astronaut space spacesuit representing the guy's system, right? Yeah, that I worked out. Yeah, it looked like a, it's like an astroneer. Yeah, he looks, he, uh, he just looks like. It. I'm sorry, and, space engineers. Yeah, space. Yeah, yeah. And basically, you know, that's really high tech. That represents the guy's PC. And then he showed a little small 2D drawing from the game. What was that game called? Uh, uh, Among, Among Us. Us. Yeah. yeah. Little, little game called Among Us. If you don't know what it is, it's streaming everywhere. It's quite funny. Um, but it's just this little 2D little looking simple, like hand-drawn astronaut. And he says, and that's the games he's playing on his high-end PC. <laughs> That that's kind of like where I would be <laughs> if I were were to build a PC. Uh, it's like I, I love playing Stardew Valley, so it's the same thing. It's like my computer can run pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. I I play two D bit games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, another hurdle that you're probably going to need to get over um, if you're going from console to PC is we just said this was a this was a um, uh, positive. But this is also the negative. If you're going to be playing games on PC, you're going to have to get rid of any attachment to any physical media that you ever had on your console. You're not going to own games. You're going to be licensing games on your PC. I mean, they might say you bought it, but you didn't really buy it. (laughs) That's the thing, because... Because uh, that's why I recently repurchased uh, Age of Empires. It's also, I was like, hey, so I wonder if I can find my old Age of Empires. Oh, that's right. I don't have a disk drive yeah. on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's unless you have a, a need for physical media in your life, whether you're you need to burn a lot of DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever for work or your own personal use uh, or whatever unspeakable reasons you might have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the one thing. You're just not going to own anything as far as software goes anymore. So, yeah, that's just something you're going to have to get used to. Because this is one thing I really like about console gaming. I have God of War on disc. Yeah. They can't take that away from me. 
they can they can make it to where I can't play it on a, on any given system or whatever. But you know, I can hold on to my PlayStation Four and still put that in there, as long as the PlayStation Four still functions. I can play God of War whenever I want. Yeah, you know. Well, that's what I know, especially when when I come, comes to purchasing games. I usually purchase them through something like either the Microsoft Store, um, which I believe is going to be. They're going to make that cross-platform, aren't they? Where if you buy something, like as long as it's bought through the Microsoft Store, you can play it on either yeah, certain, heard, certain games. You can play on either console or on your PC. Yeah, I did hear something uh, about that. They weren't very clear, but it was more like they were saying it's a possibility. Yeah. So use that or Steam. So at least that way is like if something does happen, is like you still have access to read down. Like if you get a new computer, you just. Yeah, uninstall you, it on one and reinstall it on the other. Yeah, and you mentioning the Windows Store is a good uh, segue into the next point when it comes to games. Th- just the numerous storefronts that you're going to have to put up with just to play some games. Epic launchers, yeah. Steam, uh, you Microsoft have, Store. You have the Epic Store. You have Steam. You have good old games. Yeah, Amazon sells stuff. Stadia. Xbox Game Pass, Windows Store, and everybody else in between. <laughs> there's another one I use. I can't remember the top of my head, but yeah, there's there's basically there's four that I use. Yeah, they're, they're the big ones are the Epic Store, Steam, good old games, um, and one other. I can't. Yeah, we're probably thinking about the same one. We just can't remember Origins. the name. Origins. There we go. Yeah, which is the EA, uh, <clears throat> the EA uh, launcher. Oh yeah, and then there's the Ubisoft Store. And <laughs> <laughs> So that's the big pain in the butt that you're going to have to go through with PC gaming. Yes, it'll be all at your fingertips and one mouse click away. But in order to where you're going, where, when you're on console, you just get a game. You have one store you go to and the <laughs> yep. games are there. Uh, and it's just simple. You, you click it, you play it, done. And But on PC, it's like, I'm going to play Rocket League. Okay, I'm going to open up the Epic Game Store. Okay, now I want to play Call of Duty. Oh gosh, I got to get... Blizzard launcher. I need to open the Blizzard launcher now. And then you get the, oh, great. There's a 20 gig update. Yeah. And then it's like, you know what? I haven't played Battlefront in a long time. I'm going to log into Battlefront. I didn't change my password. What do you mean I changed my password? Oh, somebody hacked me. <laughs> Which is another thing that you have to put up with. A lot more cheating and a lot more account hacking. Yep. You get that a lot more. Like my nephew, he hadn't played on his EA account in probably about a year. And he wanted to get back on. Somebody had taken over his account, didn't spend anything, but he kept on playing on his account on Battlefield, uh, I think three or four. And so it's like it took him forever just to get that account back. I mean, it was just nuts. Yeah, or the um, the other side of that is you use a, a work email, uh, and then you no longer work there. Then a Ooh. couple of years down the line, you want to log back in. Yeah. That email no longer exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I recently I recently ran into an issue with that. It was just like, well, that was dumb. <laughs> yeah. So that's one big negative about, well, you might think of it as a negative or maybe nobody's going to think of it as a positive. But that's just one of the things you're going to have to put up with. If you're moving from console to PC, you're going to have to um, make the adjustment for it. But, um, yeah. But. One good thing about it, though, is just the the versatility of your PC. Yeah. It's not just for games. You can use it for about anything. You can use it for work. 
Uh, I mean, the, the computer I had before, the one I have now, I used it for video editing and played some games on it. Right. So it was it just, it, it's a multi-purpose tool. Yeah. So if you actually look at it, not as a gaming machine, but more as a tool for your everyday life, whether it be for school, work, uh, or just, you know, just checking your social media, yeah. it's an investment. And if you look at it like that, it's a very, it, it's, it's just a very useful thing and almost a necessary thing in your life. And with, with the way phone technology and stuff work too, like I know, I know, uh, it's, it's almost a given with Apple products now is that you, you know, can link your phone to your computer and stuff, but you can do that with PC now. Yeah. It's like my phone is linked to my computer, so I can just like got a bunch of pictures. Cool. I'll just throw them all in a folder on my computer and I'll deal with it later. Right. Yeah. And so it, really, when you think of it that way, it's a lot easier to justify the thousand dollar. Uh, to two thousand dollar investment that you're making in your PC versus the five hundred dollars you're going to put down for a game console that that's all it does. Mm-hmm. And especially, I mean, with, with like game consoles are fun, but um, hopefully after this next generation, we won't need to jump soon. But it's just, um, I mean, I've already been through so like the Xbox, the three sixty, the Xbox One. And now we have, you know, the, the X series. So just, just in my gaming career, I've already been through like four generations of consoles. Mm-hmm. So th- those are, they're, they're constantly trying to adapt those or every more couple of years, there'll be a new one. Right. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm sure in like three years from now, they'll have the Xbox series X, S, XLM, who knows, but yeah. They'll have another beefed up version of it that you right. can buy for an extra hundred bucks. So, yeah. you know, look at that. yeah. And you'll actually find that. And that's a good point because it's like when you look at um, the value per dollar, yeah. uh, the value per dollar on the PC is way more, stretches a lot farther. And it's not because it's more expensive, but because of just how versatile the PC is, where 500 bucks, PlayStation 5, um, Xbox Series X, or if you buy the S, it's. Two ninety nine. Um, you're basically very limited to just the games and what you're able to do on that device. Use it as a Blu-ray player and play games. Right. It. And then when you have your PC, you can put a Blu-ray player in that thing and play your Blu-rays mm-hmm. or in your DVDs. But the thing about it is that it does so much more. And plus your games stretch longer because of mod communities. Yep. You know? And many of those mod communities... They're free. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like go um, back talking about Stardew. Um, is I just I downloaded several large mods on it. And it it basically created a whole new game. Mm-hmm. So it, it more than doubled the size of it from its original vanilla form. Right. So it's like going back and playing it again. It's like yeah, sure, I've played this many times, <laughs> but it's like playing it this way is like it's all new basically. Yeah. And one hot point that. Well, one hot point when it comes to consoles that everybody talks about is backwards compatibility. You have plenty of backwards compatibility on PC, mm-hmm. though you might have to jump through some pretty complex hoops for the really, really old games. Emulators. Yeah, but for the most part, you have a lot of uh, a lot of backwards compatibility options right at your fingertips, mm-hmm. which is another reason why PC gaming might appeal to the console gamer, you know? I mean, I'd say anybody who 
really is really truly passionate about gaming and about getting their games wherever that wherever it is. Um, I'd say if they're really passionate about it, they're gonna be they're gonna be sporting a PC mm-hmm. or they're gonna desire a PC or something like me. I desire a PC, but I have a problem to where uh, I'm I'm the tuner type of PC yeah. guy where I just want to tinker with the hardware more than I want to play with games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, some of the mods, you can do the same. Like I know one of the big ones, the example I'll use for this is how a more recent game, Skyrim, you know, that was created for consoles. Mm-hmm. There's also on PCs, but on the PC side, you know, computers are like, Hey, this is nothing. Like I can handle this. Um, so you have, you know, a world that was designed for consoles on a PC game, which, you know, that leaves a lot of areas and gaps that you could do more with. And monitors have come out. They've made it just like really increase the beauty on it. The Elder Scrolls games, notorious for (laughs) mod communities. I mean, it used to be. Well, I mean, also notorious for bringing in the uh, um, in-game purchasing too. Yeah, that's that's true. But <laughs> I did buy that horse armor. Yeah, so <laughs> at, at least you're you're disclosing that much <laughs> that you're a part of the problem. <laughs> so I spent five bucks and bought that horse armor. <laughs> yep, five bucks is all it takes, and it leads to addiction. <laughs> now I can buy stuff for games on my phone with just a fingerprint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's like your games can stretch a lot farther. For when you pay for them. Mm-hmm. And you get, and also the different game stores, as many as they are, they go on some pretty big sales uh, during the seasons. Yep. Um, you can get a lot of really good games for dirt cheap. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Steam Summer Sale I picked up, I think one of, the, one of the bigger ones I picked up was probably Payday 2 for 99 cents. Yeah. Which, you know, me and my brother played that a lot. And, but it's just like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of games. You can get them 50, 75% off sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's just another strength of the PC gaming side of things to where you can get games for a really good price. And that's where that extra cost in building the PC, you get a lot more value. Or in the case of like, you know, go back to the multiple stores. I know like um, Epic gives away games a lot. Like yeah, they I've have got, a free game a month, something or other. Yeah, like so it's yeah. like I got Ark Evolved for free. Uh, even Amazon, they own Twitch. And Twitch gives away games. <laughs> so it's like I'm constantly picking up free games and... It's like most of the time I don't even download them. I just yep. just throw them in the inventory. And it's yep. like, well, I got them. I own them now. So. And I think if you're a console guy coming from either Xbox or Series X, if you're coming from Xbox, it's logical to make the jump to PC because Xbox is starting to integrate PC mm-hmm. quite um, natively. Well, with, with Game Pass, there's a lot of those games that you can play on both. So yeah, so it's like if you if you're on the Xbox and you want to jump to PC, a lot of those same games that are on Game Pass, you can play it on the, your computer. Yeah, if you have a Game Pass Ultimate yeah. uh, subscription, it's it's fantastic. Just the games that you get in that service, um, and the fact that uh, Microsoft is uh, dedicating themselves to putting their exclusive titles on PC, same day and date. So I mean, if you're an Xbox guy, want to go PC. Why haven't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, all I can say is when it comes to aim, like first person shooters, like it, it'll change your world going to a mouse and keyboard. Mm. 
just the the ability of control is so much easier to with a mouse to like aim and move quickly. Versus- yeah, eventually, once you learn it, but for some people, it just might never click with them. But that's okay. where being able to you know use a controller. I, mean, like, I don't think I could ever go back to a controller. It's so sluggish when you're trying to. It's, jump it's a different game. Yeah, it's a different game. But there are a lot of guys out there who uh, they compete pretty good on on controller. Um, I know they do in Destiny, which is really crazy. Uh, they play Destiny on PC on controller, and oh, yeah, that was they another, do fine. That was another one I got for free. Was Destiny Two? Yeah, that's Which on Game Pass. Still haven't downloaded because it's a hundred gigs. It's a big game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's like how big is si- this? Oh my! Side note: uh, they are doing an update pretty soon. That's going to like uh, shrink that download size to about sixty to seventy. Oh, that'd be nice. Then. But still, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's an. I mean, with the games on Xbox going over to PC, like I said, why are you not on PC yet? I mean, why are you buying an Xbox Series X when you could put that money towards a PC? It's all up to you. Some people, yeah. they just don't want the hassle. And, and I understand that. Go back to talk about the, P- the mouse versus controller thing for the people that prefer, you can still use that controller. Yeah. And more games are actually getting more mouse and keyboard support on the Xbox side of things. Uh, I know uh, Call of Duty, it supports um, keyboard and mouse on PlayStation and Xbox. So really, it's up to the developer whether they want to support that or not. But, you know. Uh, Let's see. Uh, There was another pro to PC gaming that I was thinking about, but I can't really... (coughs) Master race. <laughs> yeah, that's got to that's got to disappear. <laughs> because really, I don't think it's about what's it's, better. I, I think, think it's about what's right for you. I think it's, it's come back to the point where now where it's about the gaming race. Yeah, and really, I don't think like and yeah, I mean it's it's not about what's better. It's about what's right for you. Yeah, what do you, you know? enjoy? Are okay. you are you just plugged into the PlayStation ecosystem to the point where you've where you're perfectly happy? You don't want to leave, and you don't need all that PC stuff. Okay, cool. Go for it. Uh, or, or are you wanting to take your gaming into that next level to complement your PlayStation? Or maybe to, you know, just consolidate everything right on there? Because even, even PlayStation is starting to put a few of their exclusives on PC. Uh, like Horizon Zero Dawn, most recent, that got put on. Uh, Death Stranding. That got put on PC. And I imagine more and more games are probably going to be PlayStation games are going to be put on PC um, far after their initial releases. But I know Horizon Zero Dawn's ones I wanted to play, but I kind of wanted to wait and actually play that one on a, on, on the console. Right. Because that's part of that whole series of games I've never played that would justify me purchasing a PlayStation. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, like I said, it's about what's right for you. And by all means, nobody probably should ever feel like they need to jump over to PC at any time. You know, but it's all about if you feel like you've gone as far as you can go on console, then PC, very logical leap. And if you can get past the cost of it. Yeah. you know, Which one thing that I noticed, which helps too... Uh, is you get a much better uh, frame rate on PCs, and um, is it? But like, um, 
I had I was having issues with console gaming at least, you know, staring at a TV. I could only play for a couple hours at a time because mm-hmm. you know it would just strain my eyes. Uh, but playing on a PC monitor, I, I don't really encounter that issue. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. And really, it's like when we talk about cost of the PC gaming, um, we actually you know kind of left out the price of peripherals like and the mouse. Like the keyboard, um, like the monitor. <laughs> I still use the free ones that I got with my PC order. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with cheap peripherals. I mean, they make Logitech makes a thirty dollar gaming mouse, which is still considered extremely competitive in, in pro circuits. So I have left click, a right click, and the mouse will, and it does great for me. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, like I said, when it comes to PC, it's all about what you feel is right for you. What's the best fit for you? And yeah, I mean, pretty much, I think that this is better. There's no better time to be jumping into the PC side of gaming. Um, but if you're wanting to build a really nice system or just a system in general, you really need to wait until after this month (laughs) when we actually get the announcements from AMD and, about their new CPUs and their GPUs and let that um, really guide you to your purchases because these might come out. You might, you might be that person that really wants that latest and greatest stuff because well, people are saying this is better. Well, I, I guess I better go with better, but also understand you don't need to, you can take advantage of these new, new pieces of hardware and, reap the rewards from a really nice, lightly used market or uh, prices that have been, you know, stripped down because of the new hardware. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when the 3000 series uh, AMD chips, Ryzen chips came out, the 2000 series chips were like a hundred dollars cheaper upon that release because everybody was trying to get rid of their stock. You know, I mean, it's, I, was, I was like, Wow. I had a buddy of mine, he just got a new computer that he picked up off the side of the road. Uh-huh. Um, and his, his neighbor had put it, he put it out there. It had, I want to say it was the GPU had gone bad. That was it. Mm-hmm. Nothing else was wrong with the computer. But because of all the new stuff coming out, he was just going to buy a new one. So he just took the whole thing and set it by the curb with his trash. Hmm. And my buddy, he saw it and. Uh, you know, he went and knocked on the, the, his door and he's like, are you really throwing that away? And the guy's like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to replace everything here. So he, he got it and he went home. He bought a new GPU for it and he, he has a great running computer now. Well, there you go. <laughs> you can troll the neighborhoods and see who's putting, <laughs> putting PCs on the side of the road. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> some of these people's like, what? <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's like, man, that was that was a steal. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's a really good one. So yeah. And also if you don't want to build a system, there are plenty of system builders out there who can get you exactly within the budget that you got. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot, what was that one place we were going to go to? Oh, um, micro center. Yeah. Micro center. Yeah. You can, you can, you can get on there and basically order all the parts, like pick what you want and they'll build it for you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Micro Center, that magical place. <laughs> if only they would build one <laughs> up <it>. here. <laughs> I know, right? 
Uh, oh, well, it's only a four-hour drive. <laughs> that's true. Maybe, maybe that'll be the first trip we need to take once quarantine completely drops out. <laughs> Just take a trip down to Micro Center in Atlanta. Hit the Ikea on the way back. <laughs> uh, Cabela's, too. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. We, we can do that. We, we can definitely make a trip of it. <laughs> Crossing fingers here. But, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, those are pretty much our pros and cons about PC gaming. I mean, I know you you definitely love getting back into the PC game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what future upgrades would you like to make? Uh, I need more storage space. Um, I, How much did you start with? 500, 500 gig SSD. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, I need to upgrade that a little bit. I'd like to put a, put at least a terabyte in there. I uh, want to add another 16 gigs of RAM <clears throat> and I might look into upgrading my graphics card just cause I can get one cheaper now. Yeah. It's a little bit nicer. Yep. Um, and then that's really all I would need to take it up to the next level. And I forget what was the CPU you got right now? <sighs> Hang on. I will have to look that up. I, I can't believe you don't know it. this by heart. <laughs> I should, but it's like uh, not knowing your child's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you, when you look at so many different things, so many different ones come out, you're like, I really don't remember. <laughs> Let's see. Well, it's not pulling it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's penalizing you. No, I just only have one bar of signal in here. <laughs> oh, yeah. The signal in this corner of the house is pretty sad. Yeah. Um, oh, that brings me up. Uh, that, that brings me up. Uh, that, that brings up uh, another con um, I just thought of. Um, sometimes things on your PC just won't work just because. <laughs> Thankfully, I've not encountered yeah, that you yet. You haven't encountered that yet. But, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've been there before. My nephew plays a lot of Siege. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege and <clears throat> he had a problem forever on his Ubisoft launcher it would not launch any games support couldn't help him and then one day it just worked <laughs> and then it stopped so it's like in and out whenever that launcher works and Ubisoft launcher has a pretty bad reputation of just doing that um, but you're going to run into that sometimes with certain certain games certain everything like and you find out oh Something, uh, a driver got updated in the background and it screwed everything up. Well, I, I encountered something like that. I had my, my graphics card just decided to unmount itself while I was playing a game one time. So oh. my screen, everything suddenly just went black and white and yeah, was very yeah. distorted. And that had like, to be terrifying. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was just, you know, quick going into the settings and going into the computer works and remounting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the thing that it very rarely happens is any any piece of hardware unmounting but yeah it does happen i mean and by, by unmount for those that are it didn't physically unmount itself i just had to go back into the computer and basically tell it to connect the card again right right yeah that's a that's a very rare thing it's a scary thing. <laughs> oh yeah, especially when it's just like what? Just I, I just bought this computer. Well, why is it black and white? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, but yeah, that's the thing that you're gonna have to deal with is a lot of uh, 
lot, a lot of little uh, gremlins that kind of pop up in your system. And if you don't, if you're not savvy enough technically on the hardware part to really deduce uh, troubleshoot things like that, um, it can be very stressful. Mm-hmm. Which is another why console gaming is so convenient because it very rarely kind of messes up on you like that. Not to say that it doesn't though. It happens more often than not on consoles. Um, uh, I mean, which is also not technology. Because I mean, for most of these cases, like. Uh, if you didn't know what had happened, if you Googled it, there's, you know, bam, dozens of different threads on forums to help. Oh, yeah, you walk because through. it's definitely you are never the first person for anything to happen. So yeah. it's like it's always happened to somebody, somebody else. <laughs> so somebody has a solution for you. Oh, to get to the threads or somebody had the same the same issue just from like 10 years ago and no one ever responded. Right. <laughs> right. What happened? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so if you're not comfortable with doing your own tech support and things like that, you probably want to stay on console. Um, But if something like that intrigues you and excites you, PC game, PCs might be your next step. So you can walk down the halls of greatness and glory, glory and whatever, (laughs) whatever you feel like and have your friends look at you like, "Uh (laughs) okay, whatever. But um. Yeah, but all that said on the hardware side, I do have a few things of conversation I wanted to get your opinion on. Um, We're seeing right now with uh, the next generation of game consoles that games are actually being priced $10 more than what they were previously. I was reading about that. Yeah, they were (laughs) $59.99, and a lot of the games are now being priced at $69.99. So $70. And basically... And when you look at the launch lineup for the PlayStation 5, you saw games like Demon's Souls going for $69.99. Uh, the next Call of Duty, $69.99. Um, and uh, Destruction All-Stars for $69.99. Now, what's notable about that, we kind of expect kind of like a price hike from somebody like Activision with Call of Duty. Okay. But when it comes to you know first-party developed games, like the Destruction All-Stars and uh, the Demon's Souls. Those are two are Sony-published games. That's that's very telling about where the cost of games on console are going to be. But, interestingly enough, the console version... There, there's a game called Godfall. I don't know if you're familiar. but I've heard of it. Yeah, but it's a, published by Gearbox. It's a console exclusive for the PlayStation. It will be on PC. But... The thing about Godfall is that on console, it's $69.99, but on PC, it's $59.99. So I'm kind of wondering what your opinion, what you just think. Do you think uh, PC games are going to rise with with the cost of console games, or do you think they're going to stick to where they are or maybe even go lower? Um, In general, I think that they will rise with the prices. But especially with a lot of the bigger um, platforms, as you'll see, you know, like with Steam, mm-hmm. as you'll see sales for the, a lot of those games. Right. <clears throat> that's just based off, I know a lot of these companies, is, it's it's about making money now. So that's that's where the market will head. And so, you know, with right. Sony, Sony taking that lead, um, you know, Microsoft or Nintendo, they're going to follow suit with that because it's, it's, it's just one of the things where it's like, well, if we don't raise our prices, we're just losing out now. Right. Um, so in general, I'd say the next couple of years, we will see that will become the new standard price for games. 
<clears throat> unless people just don't buy the games, which right. I don't see that happening. Yeah. I mean, really, when it comes to Nintendo, unless they release a, a new version of the Switch, like that rumored Switch Pro that we're talking about, I don't conceivably see them charging more for their games because we're not going to see uh, those next-gen games get downported. Mm-hmm. You know? No. I think I could the, 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 they could end up going the route where if you want to buy a physical copy, it costs you know sixty nine ninety nine, right? Versus a digital download being only fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, and we do kind of see that uh, in certain examples with digital games and physical games on uh, the Switch right now. Um, I can't remember what game did that last, but um, but yeah, I mean it, it's it's very interesting when we talk about the price of games when there's physical versions. And then the digital versions. That's always been a thing that people were wondering is like, why are digital versions just as expensive as physical versions? Well, one of the reasons is because of brick and mortar um, retailers, you know, which the more digital versions we get, the less of those we have. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, when you have the Walmarts and the Targets and and those we sell everything stores, um, they do make up for a lot of sales still for a lot of games. And Really, when we've already seen it kind of like with Amazon, um, it's running a lot of different different brick and mortar stores out of business, you know, because they can undercut uh, so many different stores on price. And that's pretty much the reason why um, or been the main explanation why um, digital games have remained equal to physical editions is because they because Sony, Xbox, anybody who sells anything, they don't want to be taken out of stores mm-hmm. because that means that's still less people that are that you're going to have eyes on your product or even have a chance of buying your product. You know, so if it's much cheaper elsewhere, then they go, well, why would I want to buy it here? Well, then all of a sudden the your Walmarts and everybody else says, well, fine, we just won't sell your products. Yep. You know, and that's that's a huge cut to their profits. Um, a lot more than what people think. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was just something I thought was very interesting. You know, it's like, are we going to see a hike in um, AAA or big budget if, games for, on? For my end as a consumer, as they raise prices, I will be buying less games, which right. I feel will become a more standard things, which is this will probably hurt a lot of indie developers. Or help them because there's, personally, they're, they're there's, making there's a lot of good games for yeah, less. Uh, it's like there's a lot of indie games I've been playing just because, like, hey, this game's 10 bucks and it's got tons of playtime. Right. Sure. Yeah. And like you said, if people are just patient, they can probably get a lot of those games for like $20 off or maybe yep. even more on a, during a holiday sale or just any any kind of sell online. I mean, even on console, uh, the PlayStation Store and the Xbox Store, they. They go. They have some pretty nice sales on a lot of games. And, and a, lot of, a lot of times, especially with Steam, because like um, uh, when you go in there and you add stuff to your wish list, like it'll send you like I get, oh yeah, they'll I send get you notifications. They'll yeah. be like, hey, you have this game in your wish list. It's fifty percent off now. Right. Which I just got one of those the other day, debating on you wanting not to get the game or not. But it's <laughs> <laughs> just like, huh? But yeah, it's, dangling the carrot. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's on sale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I just th- thought that was kind of an interesting little thing that kind of popped up. Uh, another interesting thing, uh, we were talking about places to buy and sell games and 
on PC. Amazon just announced their gaming streaming service. Have you heard about this? I have not. This yeah. is news to it's me. It's called Amazon Luna. These and names are... I know, right? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> well, Amazon Luna is, uh, well, obviously a direct competitor uh, to Stadia uh, as a streaming platform. <laughs> but they're doing it very differently. Uh, they're still, you know, they're still a streaming service. Apparently, they can stream game. Most games will be streamed at 1080p, 60 frames per second, but... It'll be up to the developer if they want to go 4K 60, but they are capable of doing that. Uh, to get 1080p uh, 60 frames, you have to have 10 megabits down, and 4K 60 frames per second, you have to have 35 uh, megabits down. Uh, so pretty much the expected amount of uh, yeah. speed. Uh, thing is, it does not require Amazon Prime. Okay. Uh, okay, and they will offer uh, channels, not individual games. Now, would that be separate or would that be box and included with prime? Well, they, okay. they didn't say any, any relation to prime whatsoever. Okay. All they said is that you do not have to have prime. There's no prime relation to prime whatsoever, but there's going to be one channel available at launch, which I didn't write down the launch thing here. I think it's launching this year, but basically they're instead of individual games, they're going to have what they call channels. So the first channel that they're going to have is called Luna Plus. It's going to be $6 a month uh, as an introductory price. So who knows how long it's going to stay there. But they say that Luna Plus will have over 50 games available on that channel. But Ubisoft, they're going to have their own dedicated channel sometime soon after the launch of Luna. But the thing about the Ubisoft store is it's going to be slightly more a month. So each channel is going to be able to set their own price, I think. Um, they didn't say as much, but I think we can safely assume that. So, Oh, wow, you can stream on two devices at a time? Yeah, that's what they said. Oh, and it'll run on Mac as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they'll be on right. iOS, Mac, PC, Amazon Fire Stick, and they say that Android, is, uh, Android support is coming soon after. Now, they're going to be on iOS, but they had to go through kind of like a, a loophole to get on iOS, they're running through a web app. So there's not going to be a Luna uh, a Luna app in the iOS store. But if you open up the uh, uh, the web browser on your tablet or some or phone, you'll be able to access Luna that way. Yeah, the five ninety nine is listed as early access pricing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they also um, said that you don't even have to subscribe to Luna Plus. If you just want to wait for that Ubisoft store, uh, Ubisoft channel, you can just subscribe to Ubisoft. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting. A lot of people have been kind of comparing it to cable television. You know, just buy your packages or whatever. Um, it has its own controller. Okay. Yeah, it does have its own controller. It kind of looks like the um, uh, Xbox. It, yeah, it's got the staggered stick. Uh, but still, I mean, the Stadia controller and this uh, Luna controller... They they look like cheap third party <laughs> PlayStation and Xbox controllers. Um. Well, the nice thing is apparently it has Alexa built into yeah, it. Yeah, they do have Alexa uh, built into it. So you can tell your controller to start up a game, and it'll do that. Yeah, for you. and can you imagine what developers <coughs> could do with that voice recognition? Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, that's already incorporated some as in um, I can payday too. That's true. Yes. Um. You know, you can actually you can actually yell at people and tell them to get down and yeah, give yeah. orders. Yeah. Huh. Five ninety nine. I'm about to 
with the Westerly Axis. Yeah, it is. A, it is a very interesting uh, deal there. Um, them getting into the um, uh, the whole streaming game, and I there have been rumors about them working on this for a long yeah. time, but many people were wondering if they were actually going to take the dive because they do have their own game studios. They are planning on making games, so. I think I think Stadia definitely it laid the for, like sort of like the it opened up a new path. But Google, as with a lot of their projects, so you're just half baked. <laughs> yeah, it was sort of like we've encountered issues we didn't think would happen, so we're done with it. Yeah, we have all of these supercomputers, but we don't <laughs> apparently we don't know how to use them correctly for data uh, analysis. Um, like, well, it runs great on our supercomputers. What do you mean it doesn't work good on your budget build? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, really, it's like there always has to be that company that shows you how it's done or how it's not done. You <laughs> I know? think Google does both of those. Yeah, you, Google did. Uh, yeah, I mean, gl- Google Glasses. I thought that was a great concept, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the cost of those glasses. <laughs> oh my gosh. Was it like what five, six thousand? Something along that line. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, did you hear about that one guy who walked into a theater with his Google Glass on and the FBI got called on to him? The reason being is because there's a camera in the Google Glass yeah. and they're thinking he was pirating movies. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but I mean it's like at that time, I think it was like two thousand six. Well when was Google Glass? I can't remember. Uh, it was early two thousands. That was that was bad. It was after two thousand one. Yeah. Because they didn't just call FBI, they called Homeland Security as well. <laughs> but um uh, Smart of the camera. <laughs> but anyway, that was uh that was a funny little story that came came out way back then. But yeah, I mean it's like when it comes to these streaming services, I mean, you have the goof you have the stadias, you have the Amazons. I mean and then you have what Microsoft is doing with Game Pass. I mean, it's very clear that Microsoft are looking at these two guys and they're going, no, <laughs> no, we're going to get ahead of you. Yeah. And I'm thinking Sony's going to be left behind uh, real quick if they don't start making some moves. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, th- I, th- I think we'll, I think we'll probably see, I think we'll start seeing a lot more ex- like, exclusives on Sony also be PC release. Yeah. I mean, you got to wonder uh, how PlayStation views their future, what their plan is going into the future, because Microsoft have been Xbox and Microsoft have been very clear that they don't view PlayStation or Nintendo as their main competition. And I don't remember the exact quote, but Phil Spencer, uh, the guy in charge of Xbox basically said, yeah, we don't consider them our our competition. We look at the Googles, the Amazons, and whoever else may be out there. Those are the guys that we're looking at, the Facebooks. The new innovators. Not just the innovators, but the people who are wanting to enter the um, enter the market in different ways. And how they see the future of where things are going and how these people are prepared to jump in. And really, when you look at the Microsoft uh, acquisition of ZeniMax... Um, parent company of Bethesda. I mean, that, that was a clear money move. That wasn't, that wasn't a Barry PlayStation move. That was a money move. <laughs> so I saw a meme about that. It was pretty funny. It was like, just when you didn't think they could sell Skyrim in a new fashion again, <laughs> they sell it to Microsoft for billions of I saw dollars. One, I saw one meme uh, that said, um, Microsoft, uh, 
bought bought Bethesda so that they wouldn't um so they wouldn't allow them uh to release any unfinished games <laughs> <laughs> or something like that because of the debacle that Fallout 76 was and still is. Um but yeah, I mean it's like that acquisition was clearly like this is setting forth to put those guys back. Yeah. You know, because if we lock these guys down, if Stadia can't get Elder Scrolls, if um Amazon can't get Elder Scrolls. And if they do, we still get money, you know, which I don't with that with that purchase. I'm 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 really hopeful that now we can see another new Vegas type. That's what people are hoping for, because, you know, you have, a, a you know, Obsidian. Those <laughs> were the guys who made uh, New Vegas. But unfortunately, they said, no, sorry, we're not working on a new on a new New Vegas uh, or anything like that. Um, are, they're obviously kind of working on their own thing um with that uh last game they announced during the xbox uh series x reveal of uh, games event um started with an a it wasn't arise it was something else arisen no <laughs> might have been that i don't know i can't remember but you know it kind of gave you those uh it kind of gave you skyrim vibes you know that trailer they released i think it was arisen was it it probably was. We'll just say it was. But um, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny how they uh, released that trailer, and then all of a sudden, hey guys, uh, we bought a uh, yeah, we we bought the Elder Scrolls, <laughs> you know. But yeah, but like I said to you when when you texted me that information, I was like, oh yeah, the word's getting out now. But um, yeah, I mean, like what I said to you, I'm not really looking at them making any existing IP exclusive to xbox because you'd be just flushing uh billions of dollars down the toilet by making your game just pc and xbox only you know i mean i imagine things like starfield are going to be exclusive to pc and xbox and anything new that comes down the line but things like doom wolfenstein elder scrolls fallout i imagine those are still going to be on other platforms much in the way that Minecraft is on everything. Yeah, I I, I do agree. I thought that would that would definitely hurt them, especially with the uh, with the Fallout series, mm-hmm. is that's always been on all the platforms. Yeah. So but, yeah, but like I said to you, what I'm most interested about in is how is you know Xbox now being all those other Xbox developers being connected with all those Zenimax studios. How will they collaborate together to make better games? Yeah. You know, how will the Doom guys help the Halo guys? How will the um, Elder Scrolls guys help the Fable guys? Yes. I think you that's know? the big money move is they're, they're pulling in all these all this talent, top tier designers and yeah. all With working so under their different banner. experiences, too, and how they can, you know, help each other in the development of their games. I think that's the one thing that I'm most interested to see what happens, because one thing that you don't really hear about when it comes to Xbox uh, studios you don't really hear them talking about how they intermingle with each other to learn from, from each other. You know, you don't really hear that a lot where I've, I've listened to and read so many PlayStation um, studio interviews and other things about how they have exchange programs where they have developers from other studios spend time at other studios to learn from each other and to, you know, see how things are done and, uh, take back technology and, you know, just game making knowledge, 
things like that. You don't hear that much when it comes out to the Xbox. Doesn't Microsoft just take their brains and put them in the containers and just have them all linked to a computer and just pops out games? Well, clearly they don't <laughs> because they don't really make games. <laughs> they just buy them from people who are already making games and then they release them. Which, you know, I mean, it's like that's just been their history, you know, just buying IP and then just going, okay, you guys are the Halo guys. You guys are the Fable guys. You guys are the this these guys. And I forgot they're making a new Fable. Yeah, yeah. But now I think uh, with the leadership they have, they kind of realize that you know we need to let these guys just be creative. You know, don't shoehorn them into anything. You know, like a Fable Fallout crossover. So what if it's like uh, its own thing, but it's all steampunk? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I mean it's just really fascinating just that whole um just that purchase cuz it came out of left field for us, but for them they probably been working on this since the beginning of the year. Yeah. I mean, you just don't go walk up to a door, drop, "Hey, I got 7.5 million billion dollars uh if you want to sell." and then just go, "Okay." Actually, I think I would just go okay if somebody did that for me. But you know, all the if your company, what company is yours? But you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you talking about? But um, uh, yeah, I mean, you just don't spend that much money without there being some legal thing you got to hop through. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think big purchases like that actually do have to be reviewed by some sort of antitrust committee or whatever. Um, some cases are probably easier than others, but you know, but yeah. And a lot of people were saying this is like the biggest games acquisition that has happened ever, but actually there was one that was bigger and that was Tencent when they bought one, I can't remember what company they bought, but they bought it for eight, eight billion something. Yeah. I was like, Hmm, <laughs> it's like, gee, yeah, that tells you how big Tencent is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, you also kind of get a picture of how big Microsoft is, you know, and how big Xbox really is. <laughs> well, so they're both because huge. Xbox, <laughs> you know, Xbox has, you know, the big daddy behind them. Sony doesn't really have anybody. PlayStation really doesn't have uh, anybody that big behind them. And yeah, I mean, they, they clearly, I, I think. It's a possibility that this might be the last Xbox console we see. You know? They've, so, they've kind of reached that merger point. They kind of reached that point to where they might be releasing standalone PCs. Kind of like how um, uh, Steam tried to do their Steam boxes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think this is what we're probably going to see is uh, Xboxes being, you know, consoles with Windows. <laughs> Speaking of that, I remember when they, uh, it was the PS3 when you could actually they put the internet on there. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah, it's like a really, really cruddy internet browser, <laughs> which. Internet Explorer. Yeah. Joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what PlayStation 3 used. Yeah. And actually, PlayStation 2 did have a web browser on it. Uh, it did have a modem attachment. Oh, wow. You could play okay. SOCOM uh, on. Uh, so yeah, I did have a, a form of web browser, but back then, <laughs> what was the web, right? Yeah. 
It was a dream. <laughs> Man, I remember when Google first came out. <laughs> I remember when YouTube came out. I mean, it's like you were like you had all these different other sites, you know, that were just they were just they just seemed real sketchy. <laughs> it's like I, I don't know if play. I click this if I'm gonna have a virus or not, but <laughs> this looks pretty funny. <laughs> I wanna watch the banana dance again. Come on. <laughs> Oh man, and to think that how fast that you know video streaming services like the YouTubes and everybody else um just evolved so quickly yeah. into what it is right now. I mean, it's kind of scary <laughs> when you think about it. Well, especially for Google cuz that's been what they're 20 years old now? No, not even that. I don't no, think. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think Google might only be about 18 years old. And look how far they've come. Well, I'm old enough right now to where when I meet like a 20-year-old or something like that, it's like, oh, yeah, you weren't born in the 90s. And then I die a little inside. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at that age right now. <laughs> right there with you. <laughs> yeah, you're not too far from that. But yeah. I mean, I thought it was funny, you know, meeting kids who were born in the 90s. But when I started meeting kids who were born in 2000 and they just graduated high school, I'm like, oh, boy. (laughs) But, yeah. Well, those are my thoughts on PC gaming and why or why not anybody should be getting into it. Do you have any more thoughts, Andrew? Uh, no, just everybody should jump in on it. Everybody should jump in. Yeah, Andrew's uh, over here waving the welcome flag. If you need help, you know, just track him down. <laughs> uh, well, he might not want you to track him down, but... <laughs> uh, uh, some people like to be challenged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See if they can actually find me. <laughs> it's not that hard once they know what you look like. <laughs> you kind of stick out in the crowd a little bit. Some disappear pretty quickly in the crowd. I would like to see that someday. <laughs> Especially when they're all like my height. <laughs> Yeah, take you to Japan sometime. <laughs> See how easily you disappear over there. <laughs> that would be kind of entertaining, actually. <laughs> well, those are that, that's everything we have to say so far. So unless you, Andrew has something profound to say or something like that, I guess we're done, right? Uh, I think that's it for me. Okay. Well, this has been this episode of the LO Gaming Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. And on behalf of everybody here, part of this show and the future and the past, we thank you. My name is James, and we are out of here. Bye.